Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! What's up, good people? Welcome to a late night edition of the Lightning Round Podcast. Here live really, really after hours. 8 p.m. here on the West Coast for Jamie and I. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, free agent signings here to help improve this Chargers roster. Um, what I think you guys should know off the top here is we went through this exercise as if we were the GM, knowing that the Chargers don't have a lot of money. So this is going to be some low end. We're going to go bargain shopping here, supermarket sweep kind of s uh, signings here. You're not going to hear any of the big name signings here. You're not going to hear any flashy names it's going to be a lot of depth guys and uh this is kind of the exercise we're going to go through uh, i would just add too that in addition to the chargers not having money um if you're not shopping at the top of this free agent class this year then your options are seriously limited yeah. so um and you know the chargers spent big last off season i feel like this is an off season that's probably better spent looking to fill certain depth needs mm-hmm. um so that you don't go into the draft needing a whole bunch of stuff and you can focus on some key positions 
So yes. I think that's probably the, the, the route that we both took mm-hmm. heading into this is kind of just, you know, filling strategic depth needs so they can focus on bigger needs in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we, we talked about internal free agents. This is kind of the off season where the chargers will need to sign some of their own guys and then fill out some depth here with, uh, some of the guys that maybe Jamie and I name here. Also, um, we're going to go over some of the key positions here on both offense and defense. We're not going to cover all of offense, all of defense. It's a wild night over at Jamie's house. (laughs) Um, but we're also um, we're not going to be talking about like uh, signing every single guy that's on these lists. It's going to have to be just a few pick a few of these guys that Jamie and I are going to mention here as well. So even though we're going to go over, I don't know, eight or nine different position groups here on offensive defense, this isn't sign all of these guys. This is, you know, pick the best option here. We're going to give you an option. Jamie's going to give you uh, his option. I'm going to give you my option. I think we only doubled up on one position group, but um, for the most part, we're going to give you different options of guys that uh, we prefer. So uh, we're going to start on the defensive side, which was going to be our podcast last week, um, and then move on to offense. In fact, we kind of moved the defensive group. I'm going to mute you real quick, Jamie. Uh, uh, we, We moved the defensive podcast over and combined it with the offensive podcast just because because we're going to be bargain shopping here. Um, we felt like it would kind of be a letdown to just do one defense and one offense without any real like key names here. So we wanted to highlight them all in one podcast. That's what we're going to do here. Offense and defense, we're combining them all. And then next week, look out. It's going to be all draft uh, for the next uh, couple weeks. So um, right now we're going to go over defense and offense. Uh, I'm going to unmute Jamie and I'm going to let him start. We're going to start with uh, edge players. Uh, Jamie, give me who you have um, on the edge as a free edge signing. So I was looking for somebody on the edge who is relatively young, who has some experience um, as a primary or secondary edge rusher, but maybe needs to rebuild some value. Um, on a one, maybe two year deal. Um, so this is somebody who I think we're all familiar with because he played in the, in the division, uh, played for the Broncos. He was traded to Denver last year or to uh, Pittsburgh last year. And I'm talking about edge 25 year old edge player Malik Reed. Uh, this is somebody who had 13 sacks between between um, 2020 and 2021. Um, He was then traded to Pittsburgh last year, took an immediate pay cut, became like their edge three or four and vanished and went from averaging six and a half sacks over the previous two years to getting one sack last year. So this is somebody who had a huge drop in production. Uh, He's somebody who has always had his greatest success being kind of the wingman to a primary edge rusher. Um, so I feel like he fits in really well. He sets the edge. Well, he can get to the quarterback. He can play a little bit of linebacker if you need him to. Um, so Malik Reed is my, my choice. Um, I have, I don't think he's going to command a whole lot. He made right around a million and a half dollars last year and didn't, didn't do a whole lot and has never shown that he can be the guy. 
So I have a one-year deal for, for $3.5 million for Malik Reed, um, somewhere in the neighborhood of a million and a half or $2 million guaranteed to sweeten the pot a little bit to get him in the door. Maybe you can get him in for two years, six or seven million, and see how that goes. But I feel like Reed is a guy, he's only 25. He has a lot to prove. Um, he certainly would be an upgrade over um, over Chris Rump. And he's a guy who I think could offer some of the things that Kyle Van Noy offered specifically off the edge um, and give them some juice off the edge and not maybe not force them to have to take an edge early in the draft and kind of solidify a need early on. Okay. All right. Well, um, so you've got Malik Reed. I've got a different guy here. Um, I went kind of a, a different route and I picked kind of a unique linebacker and I picked the Dolphins linebacker, Landon Roberts. By the way, we're going um, outside the Chargers and getting outside free agents here uh, with this exercise we're doing here. So uh, Landon Roberts, a unique uh, linebacker. He played some inside linebacker, uh, struggled in coverage, but where he excelled is in the run game and getting after the quarterback. The Dolphins this past season uh, used him more as a blitzer, and he peaked collecting his most sacks of his career, four and a half. He had 107 tackles. Before that, his highs were two sacks and 83 tackles. So he really had his best year of his career as a blitzer. Um, teams are going to be split on Roberts. They're going to either have him as an inside linebacker or an edge guy. Either way, in my mind, he's a rotational guy in the NFL. Um, I got him pinned at two and a half to three million per year. Uh, he's probably going to get what Denzel Perryman got with the Raiders. Uh, Roberts got a little less tackles, but more sacks. The numbers are pretty close. So I think we're in the neighborhood there. Um, because he's a younger linebacker, he probably wants a two-year deal. So I'm thinking a two-year $5.5 million deal. Maybe give yourself an out after year one if it doesn't work out. But he was a captain for the Dolphins. Uh, leader of the uh, Miami defense, uh, kind of a veteran signing here for the Chargers, and he fills uh, two needs. He would be the edge. He would be the edge three four, uh, depending on if the Chargers uh, re-sign Kyle Van Noy, and then he could also provide some inside linebacker depth as well on early rundowns. So um, here I've got kind of a guy that I feel like could fill two different needs uh, on a really cheap deal. Uh, three million a year max. Really, I'm I'm looking at a five point five, so just under three million per year. Um, but a guy, you know, again, he struggled in coverage, but as a run defender, was very good and uh, showed that he can get after the quarterback. So, um, like Jamie mentioned, uh, this is a like like in Jamie's uh, scenario here. I think an upgrade over Chris Rumpf. And now you've got you filled in some uh, edge depth, some linebacker depth. Maybe you can wait a little bit on linebacker, wait a little bit on edge, uh, with with a depth signing with a guy like Alandon Roberts. I actually considered Roberts for the next position group for the linebacker group on my list. Mm -hmm. um, he's a guy that I've always liked. I think he's smart. Um, he can play multiple positions in the defense, like you said. Isn't he like twenty nine or thirty, or is he younger? I th I think he's younger. I'll look it up, but. This actually might be a second contract, so he might be later twenties. Yeah, because he play. It seems like he's been around forever. Um, because he started out with the Patriots and he's been yeah. bouncing around. So, anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I, I like Roberts. I think he'd be a good fit. I think if you're not going to bring back, um, uh, Kyle, um, Kyle yeah. Van Noy, <clears throat> I think 
a Landon is a good option to bring in to fill that leadership role, fill that kind of hybrid linebacker edge type role. Um, certainly somebody I considered, I decided to go a different way with my linebacker position, but, um, mm. I, that's, that's one signing that I would not object to. I think he would help with the run game. I think if you're looking to bring in a veteran linebacker and we'll talk about this more when we talk about the linebacker position here in a minute, but I think what you're really looking to do is just find somebody who is better and steadier and more consistent than, than Kenneth Murray. Mm-hmm. Because ideally, you'd want that person to be taking Kenneth Murray off the field. At least I do. I, yeah. I don't know what the Chargers do, but that's what I want. <laughs> so, uh, and I think Roberts does that. Roberts isn't flashy. He isn't going to make a ton of plays. He's he's not you know he's not going to make the Pro Bowl if they sign him. Um, but he's steady. He knows his job. They can put him in a position to do the things that he does well, and maybe hide him a little bit so that he doesn't have to do the things he doesn't do so well. Uh, and he fills that leadership void that you lose with Kyle Van Noy leaving. And I think it's, I, th- I think it's a smart move and it's just that steady. It kind of raises the floor of the linebacker group, mm-hmm. which I think they need. So yeah, I think, th- I think that's a good, a good signing. Uh, and he's going to be 28 this season. So up there, but um, yeah, not 30 quite yet. All right. Well um, let's, let's talk about it here. Um Next up here, we talked about edge. Uh, next up is linebacker. And uh, I've got, and I believe Jamie does too, um, but we'll we'll leave that up, up to mystery. For uh, I can't remember if this is the one we repeated or not. But I've got uh, 49ers linebacker Aziz Alshire. Um, the Niners have Fred Warner. They have Dre Greenlaw. They locked them both up and will most likely uh, let uh, Al Shire hit free agency. He's coming off a knee surgery or a knee injury, excuse me, that cut his season short. But as a will, he is a great run defender. And in 2021, he had his best season filling in for Trey Greenlaw when he went down with an injury. He finished with 102 tackles, two sacks, interception. And after that season in 21, he signed a second round tender, which earned him just under $4 million. It was $3.9 million, uh, in his deal. Um, that is coming off his best season uh, in 2022. He went down with an injury. In fact, he's got an injury history. He's had two knee surgeries, a shoulder ser- surgery. So I think he's more in the two to $3 million range uh, just because of the uncertainty. He's only played over nine games in one season out of the last four. So a guy that's been plagued with injuries, but because he's only 25 years old, I think he's probably going to get more than just a one-year deal here. So I've got him in line with Oren Burks with the 49ers and Alex Anzalone's deal with the Lions, which is two years, $4.5 million. Uh, $4.5 million. And um, I might just have a, an out after year one there, but I think because he's only 25, he's going to get more than one year. So I've got two years, 4.5. Um, Aziz is a fringe starter. Uh, when healthy, Kenneth Murray, probably not. So I think uh, this is uh, what Jamie's talking about, keeping Kenneth Murray off the field. Um, at He's, at worst, high-end uh, depth guy. Um, that way you can improve your depth of linebacker. He's got the potential to start. He can compete with Murray in camp and will hopefully play next to Drew Tranquil if they re-sign him. So um, my guy here in the linebacker group is Aziz Alshire. Yeah, this is where we doubled up. 
Um, I like Aziz Alshire a lot. I think he provides a lot in run support. He's flashed in coverage. He's shown he can get to the quarterback when he when he's asked to. Um, he he fills a lot of needs, and he's this is a little bit different. You know, I, t- I was talking earlier about kind of raising the floor and getting Murray off the field. I think if if Alshire feel stays healthy, I think this is this more than raises the floor. I think it raises the ceiling of the group too. And you probably get a guy who far, assuming he stays healthy far and away exceeds the contract that he signs and gets a huge bag. The next time he signs a contract, um, I have him a little higher than you. I, I went back and forth on do you offer him two years? Do you offer him one? I settled on one. I would not object to offering him two. I have him at four and a half million dollars a year just because he's, He's 25. He has had one really good year. He hasn't been, he's kind of in the same boat as like Kaiser was last year and as tranquil as this year, where he had one huge year, but he's been banged up. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. He hasn't been able to put it together consistently for more than one year in a row. Um, but I think Al Shair, I mean, he is a huge upgrade. He's not, this is not just like find somebody who's, you know, average. Mm-hmm. And stick him in there, and it's an improvement. This is like this is a high, this is a a low risk, high reward kind of a signing. Whether it's one year for two, where you you grab him, you put him on the field, and I think he significantly improves the play of the linebacker group, particularly if they retain Drew Tranquil. So I, I think this this would be a really smart kind of value rebuilding buy um, for the Chargers to get somebody who's young, who's shown he can play at a high level. Um, and and hope that he steps in and and really grabs a hold of that spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So we agree there on Aziz. I think yeah, I really do think if they this is a uh, really it could really pay off. This could be a, a good bang for your buck signing here. Whether they sign and that I think it's true whether they sign Tranquil or not. Like I mm-hmm. I think this is this kind this is the kind of move one of the few moves that we're going to talk about tonight that even if they sign Drew. They should try to make this happen. Yeah, because it changes the, it changes the the entire makeup of the second level of defense. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, next up, uh, the next group here in free agency is corner. Uh, Bryce Callahan is a free agent. Um, J.C. Jackson's future is up in the air. There's a lot of depth guys. They, I know they draft a lot of DBs, but cornerback is still kind of up in the air with Michael Davis. And everybody else. So let's let's talk about uh, CB depth here. Yeah. So I think this is a this is like a really under the radar important position group for the Chargers this season. You mentioned JC's hurt. We don't know when or if he's going to be back in 2023. Um, they have Michael Davis. They have Zant. Zant may or may not be better suited to playing in the slot. Uh, I know they're really high on Jasir Taylor, but he's really just a slot guy. Might have some safety upside probably not somebody you want on the outside on a consistent basis. Uh, Leonard is still very much a project an unknown. We don't know what, what, what the future holds for him. I think they need some veteran depth to kind of stabilize things. I mean, right now they have four healthy corners. Um, and assuming they don't bring Callahan back, which is the assumption that we're making right now. Mm-hmm. I think they need somebody who's shown he can play at this level. Somebody who's got some athleticism, maybe some length, somebody who can maybe, play on the outside and allow them to play on on the inside. So I, I went with somebody who 
He's a former second round pick. He's got great length. He's got great speed. He's one year removed from a really, really good season. Uh, but he got hurt at the end of that season and came back to find his team had drafted two new corners um, and he was out of a job. And that is former Browns cornerback, Greedy Williams. Um, not like somebody it. that I'd throw a bunch of money at, but I feel like Williams is a guy who can play on the outside. He's a lot like Davis. He's got the length. He can be physical. Um, he's got the ball skills. He can run. He he fits what the Chargers like in their corners, and I think they might prefer to have Zant playing inside versus outside. And even if not, even if he winds up winning, say a slot position, um, I think they've improved the defense. And you know, worst case scenario, he comes in on a one year deal because this is a guy who really needs to rebuild some value. He comes in on a one year deal. Worst case scenario, he's really really good depth. If Leonard and or Taylor beat him out on the depth chart, you just know you've got somebody you can fall back on because right now they're four deep and they need to be at least five, if not six deep. So mm -hmm. Williams is a guy I would look at really hard. I don't think he's going to cost a lot of money because he only had one good year in Cleveland um, and he did not play really much at all this year. Uh, was banged up, did not play well when he was on the field. So Williams is my guy. It's one year, $2 million. Somewhere around maybe eight hundred fifty thousand to a million dollars guaranteed. Just get him in, have him compete against the young corners. Um, I, I just think it's a smart move to get some veteran depth, somebody with some upside, somebody who hasn't reached his ceiling yet, and honestly has a whole lot of athletic upside and and ball skills. Um, I think I think it would be a really smart move for them. I I love this. I, I, he was, I mean, early in the process during that 19, 2019 draft class, he was CB one for most of that, uh, early draft talk. And then as the process started going, his, his draft stock fell a little bit, but he was in that group of one of the better corners of that draft class and really kind of came into a, I don't want to say a, a bad system, but it, with the Browns, with all the tur coaching turnover, um, them drafting corners high anyway he never it felt like greedy never really got his shot and i it would be a real good uh not only veteran sighting to help compete with the young guys like you mentioned but maybe get some ups out of a guy that really hasn't hit his potential quite yet and could yeah. probably do uh be due for a change of scenery yeah and you know as much as the chargers played press um and man coverage down the stretch last year. Mm -hmm. Greedy is long. He's athletic. He's really built for that press scheme. Um, I think he gives them some more options to be aggressive with the coverages uh, and gives them some flexibility in the slot, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's Zont, whether it's Taylor, you know, uh, some kind of a rotation, whatever it might be. I just think it, it makes that secondary. It, I think it has the potential to make the secondary that much better, even mm -hmm. after losing Callahan. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. That's a good one. Uh, all right. So my pick here in corner, um, I had a, a kind of a, a different, kind of the same, but a different approach here in terms of my corner. And that is uh, looking to be more versatile, a guy that could play inside and out. Um, my, the guy that I picked is Isaiah Oliver. Uh, he's the Falcons corner. Uh, he's a nickel corner uh, coming off a strong end of last season. He's kind of been in and out of the lineup in Atlanta because of injuries. Was given an opportunity this past season, and he had a really, really big impact. He could play multiple spots. He's also only 26 years old. 
he's smart, instinctive, but the injuries, the coaching change over in Atlanta, it kind of hurt Oliver. Uh, but once he got healthy, he flashed that potential last year. Uh, he was injured in 2021, which was the contract year. So he had a he signed a prove it deal in Atlanta last offseason, which was one year, 2.35 million. I've got Isaiah Oliver in the price range with another uh, versatile corner in Quan Williams and the deal he signed with the Broncos, uh, a guy that could play inside and out like Isaiah Oliver. Um, I've got it because he's young. I've got a two-year, $5.2 million deal here for uh, Isaiah Oliver. I just love the speed and versatility here. You've got um, kind of that vet presence here, a guy who is really fast and versatile, very good play speed, uh, being able to play nickel corner. The injuries held him back. So I don't think he's going to get a ton on the open market, but this is a guy that has a lot of starting potential um, and at the very least, very good depth. He's young. This could really very well be a huge steal um, if you if you can get him healthy and playing. Um, kind of like Greedy Williams, he taps in that potential too. So kind of a different, a different approach, but uh, another guy, I love the versatility and I love the play speed. Now, it doesn't have the length that Greedy does, but I just love getting faster and more versatile with a guy like Isaiah Oliver. Yeah, that's another good one. I remember liking him as a sleeper when mm -hmm. he was in that draft. So that's yeah. a solid one. I like that. Yeah. All right. So last uh, defensive position here. Uh, uh, and Leo, thanks uh, for the comment uh, about loving the show. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in here. All right. So last here on defense is free safety. Uh, Nasir Adderley is a free agent. Uh, he, I don't think the chargers can meet his price range. So he is most likely out. Um, and or should they, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. We both wouldn't have signed uh, Nas anyway. Uh, JT woods, uh, uh, project Aloha Gilman, Alohi, Alohi, however you say it, I get it wrong every time. Gilman, uh, has proven to, uh, not quite be a dependable starter. So let's talk about, uh, some vet free safeties here on the market. And um, I'll go ahead and start. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know this name because I brought him up a lot. Um, I really, really, really didn't want to pick him because I feel like it's becoming a bit at this point. But <laughs> I picked Deron Harmon, um, formerly of the Patriots, the Lions, and uh, Raiders, a whole slew of teams. Um, but he was my favorite option here in a very barren free safety market. Um, even at 31, he still got the ball skills on the back end with the Raiders. He had his best season in the last three years. He's had two or more interceptions in the last six seasons with four different teams. So it doesn't matter the system. He produces consistent turnovers and with Gilman and woods kind of being up in the air right now, Harmon would be a really nice starter while Woods is still developing. Um, he signed a one-year, $1.2 million deal with the Raiders last year. He's now going to be 32 this season. I would say it's about the same here. One year, maybe $1 to $1.5 million. Real low cost, kind of a stopgap here at free safety. Um, he's a one-year rental, but he would really, really improve the back end. If the Chargers pass rush is anywhere near effective, Deron Harmon can really collect some nice turnovers as a center fielder, as a free safety, a sure tackler, even at this age. Um, showed he still got it 
with the Raiders last year. So my guy here is the free safety Deron Harmon. I looked at the list and I said, <laughs> Garrett's going to pick Deron Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> um, yep. So you mentioned a bit, you mentioned talking about guys that we've talked about in the past. I have a yep. similar pick. Yeah. And this is somebody that we talked about a lot in the early days of the show. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised he's still in the league, but yeah. if you look at his numbers, he's still productive. And I think he's at that point. I think he's 32. He's at that point where he's going to be year to year. He's not going to get a big, a big contract. So my pick is free safety. Tayshawn Gibson, formerly mm -hmm. of the 49ers. Gibson is a guy who is always around the football. He can play center field. He can play split safety. I think he's even played some strong safety in the past. Um, Terrific ball skills, a ton of range, gets a ton of PBUs, five picks last year for the 49ers. Uh, he he is, I think, in my opinion, the perfect fit for the Chargers safety room. If, if the goal is to kind of slow play Woods and work him in and hopefully reduce Gilman's role a little or a lot, um, I think – I think – Gibson is a guy who takes a lot of pressure off of Derwin because if you've got Gibson in the back end, you probably don't feel like you, you need to play Derwin deep as much as the chargers did last year. Mm -hmm. I think that just frees him up to be closer to the line of scrimmage, frees Derwin up to be closer to the line of scrimmage, which has to be a goal for this defense because the closer Derwin is to the line of scrimmage, the better the defense is as a whole and the better, Der the better Derwin is. So Tayshawn Gibson's my guy. I went, with a one-year, three-and-a-half million-dollar deal, I think for a guy like him, he, you know he's going to be productive as long as he's on the field. I would guarantee most, if not all, of his his salary just to make sure that you get him in the door. Uh, I, he shouldn't require a two-year deal just because he's 32, I think, uh, and he's been kind of floating around from from year to year for the last couple of years. But I think I really think Gibson fits this team perfectly. He's that center fielder that they wanted Naz to be. He has the ball skills. He has the instincts. He can cover a ton of ground. He can tackle. Um, so I think, I think this is the perfect fit for the Chargers. Yeah, this was my number two pick here. I went back and forth on Tayshawn Gibson and Deron Harmon, which if you guys are OGs to this podcast, names you've heard from the very beginning. Guys, we've been pounding the table for when, let's see, when Gibson was with the Browns, the Jags went to the Jags. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. And now after the 49ers. Yep. So, all right. Yeah. No, I, I love that pick. I, I would be good with either one of those guys. I think Tayshawn Gibson would be a, a, a excellent fit here. Uh, I, I love those, those two picks from you there, Jamie greedy Williams. And then, uh, Tayshawn Gibson. Those are two good. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So uh, let's move on to offense. So um, those are kind of the important roles there on defense, or most of them that we wanted to cover today. Let's go ahead and do uh, offensive free agents. Uh, one that's uh, huge. And Jamie, um, Jason's right. Any reason why you didn't mention Jaleel Adai? Is it just because you hate him or? Because he sucks. Okay. I... Well, that, <laughs> that, that'd be a good reason why. Trey Boston? <laughs> What I think, I think we, that ship has sailed. <laughs> if we're going down memory, uh, trip down memory lane here. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's go to offense. Um, obviously, one of the bigger needs here for the Chargers, uh, in terms of anything here, is uh, is wide receiver. Um, a lot of talk about drafting a wide receiver at twenty one. Uh, who they might draft. Um, there's a lot of talk about it. This is a big need. So let's talk about. Uh, uh, some free agent options at wide receiver. So this, first of all, anybody who's been listening to us for a long time knows that we detest spending money on wide receivers in the free agent market. I think the exception to that rule, and it really has become a rule for us, mm-hmm. is you know low-end kind of bargain basement buys to fill out the depth chart. Guys like Andre Carter, DeAndre John, Carter last DeAndre year. DeAndre Carter, yep. Andre Roberts. Um, so the year before. What's that? I said, and Andre Roberts the year before, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I went with somebody who I think is not going to command a whole lot of interest on the market. Um, Somebody who has had some spots of production but hasn't been super productive. I think he fits a need the Chargers have, which is he can run. Uh, He (laughs) is elusive. He has some twitch. (laughs) He can run. That's a good start. Okay. You know, he'd be – he'd be the guy who could take that, you know, 10 yard slant, 75 yards for a touchdown. If you hit him. No, it's not. It's not Michael Hardman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I went with Trent Sherfield, formerly of the dolphins. Um, not a standout name, not somebody who's been super productive, but he had his best year last year with Tua. Uh, he can run. He catches the ball. Well, doesn't have a, a big problem with drops um, is, and, he can run and make people miss. And it's something that those are things the Chargers desperately need. So I went with Sherfield, and I think I think he could fit at the back end and take some pressure off the Chargers in terms of taking a wide receiver early. They would still need to, to get a wide receiver, at least one wide receiver in the draft, in my opinion, but it would at least buy some time. Uh, and I think he would provide some options for them uh, in the passing game. And the contract that I came up with, since he is young, and he is coming off his best year. I have a two-year, $6 million contract with $2 million guaranteed. I would guarantee as much as I could up front and have a, an out after the first year. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a name I was looking at for sure. Um, so uh, like Jamie mentioned, uh, this is obviously a depth wide receiver. You're not going to hear about Hardman or any of the uh, top wide receivers here on this list. Uh, mine is a name. Obviously not a household name either. It is Richie James uh, was with the 49ers recently with the Giants. This is a veteran speed option here uh, over DeAndre Carter, who may or may not be back. Uh, James is both a returner and a receiver. 
uh, which is a plus for me. Uh, Dable didn't work James in the lineup until late in the year, uh, but he played seven of the last eight games for the Giants when they were doing that whole playoff push. Uh, during that span, he had 37 receptions, 378 yards, and four touchdowns. He finished the season with his best output of his career, thanks to getting expanded playing time at the end of the season. He showed he could be an explosive weapon down the field, which is something the Chargers obviously need. Somebody who can run, and that's a guy like Richie James. Uh, he signed a one-year, $1 million deal last offseason. It's probably going to be the same. Uh, he didn't you know, set the Giants' uh, roster on fire, didn't pad his stats, even though he had a strong end of the year throughout the whole season. He had some fumbling issues. He had obviously some kind of coaching issues because he's in and out of the lineup. But um, I've got I've got him at a low, you know, one maybe one to two million dollars for one year, kind of a rental. The Chargers are gonna have to draft a speed option, but having a guy like Richie James on the roster would be nice to offer not only offer some speed but also some depth at returner. So my guy here is Richie James. The other name I considered here, but I think he winds up being too expensive is Darius Slayton. Oh yeah, uh huh. That would be yeah. more of a permanent solution and really kick the can down the road on drafting a wide receiver. But that was somebody I considered here. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up, uh, tight end, another big need for the chargers. Um, you know, lots of question marks in that room. Uh, Gerald Everett, while the starter, they could obviously get better. And then everybody behind Everett is really a question mark from Parham to McKitty and everybody else. So, uh, so, uh, in terms of tight end, uh, what I like wide receiver in my mind, um, the Chargers going to have to draft the tight end. Obviously, uh, they are not going to find their starter in their price range on the free agent market. So, for me, the guy here that I'm signing is a depth option here at tight end, and is the Jaguars tight end Dan Arnold, and that's where he comes in. It is definitely not uh, Dalton Schultz as uh, the chat is saying. Uh, Arnold, for me, uh, veteran blocking tight end. He hasn't had a receiving touchdown in four years, so this is strictly just depth as a blocker. Between McKitty and Everett and probably Donald Parham, who they'll have back, they could really use a blocking tight end in that group. Dan Arnold is that guy. Um, he got a contract. I got him in the same range as uh, the Chiefs veteran blocking tight end, Blake Bell. And his deal that he signed recently was one year, $1.2 million. I've got the same range there. Uh, Dan Arnold fills in as a blocking tight end. At worst, a body to compete with Trey McKitty and the other tight ends in the middle and back end of the roster. This is just a depth tight end three, four on your roster here. A guy that you bring in on early downs to help block. Um, a really, really good blocking tight end. But obviously, if you're looking for a starter, you're not going to find this on this list, and they're going to want to draft one anyway. So for me, I've got a veteran tight end here in Dan Arnold. Uh, I went down a similar path, uh, a familiar path. <laughs> I went I went with Steven Anderson. Oh. Uh, and I went with Steven Anderson because he can contribute on special teams. He can block. He can catch. And he can run. These are all things the Chargers need. And these are all things your tight end three or four should be able to do. Mm -hmm. um, I realize it's probably unlikely that they bring him back. But if I was looking for, say, a tight end three, uh, I think it's pretty clear at this point that Steven Anderson is a better football player than Trey McKitty. Mm -hmm. uh, you can talk about 
upside and potential things that I still don't really particularly see in Trey McKitty. Uh, he has not lived up to the hype as a blocker coming out of college. He has not developed very well as a receiver. Uh, I don't think he's particularly useful. I think he was a big problem in the run game this year, uh, missing blocks, being late to assignments, just flat out falling on his ass. Um, he just was not very good. And you know, you can slide, uh, Anderson in, he's going to be familiar with the system and he's going to produce and do whatever you ask him to do. And he can also play fullback and H back as a lead blocker. He gives you so many options and he makes you so flexible. Uh, I just, I think it makes a ton of sense. It probably won't happen, but it makes sense. And I'm in the same ballpark as you. I'm at about, I'm at a one year deal, about a million and a half. And because he's a veteran, because I think he's worth it, I would guarantee most, if not all, of his salary, uh, just because I think he's a good football player and he 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 is exactly what you want a depth tight end to be in terms of special teams flexibility, positional flexibility, and skill set flexibility. He does everything you need him to do. So I think yep. he'd be a perfect fit. Yeah. Yeah. Makes some sense there. Uh, surprised to even let him go in the first place, to be honest with you. There's yeah, a guy that we. Yeah, a guy we both thought they should have brought back. Um, and went to the Cardinals, correct? Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got two more uh, groups here. Uh, next up here is center. Uh, Corey Lindsley, obviously the starter. Uh, but behind Lindsley, it was a mess this past season. Uh, Will Clapp is not the answer. Um, so we're looking at another veteran center here. Uh, who you got on the free agent market? in center. Um, I went with Scott Quesenberry, another familiar another name, another old face, yep. uh -huh. another familiar face. He's familiar with the system. He can play center. He can play guard. He gives him some options in terms of depth. He's that kind of swing interior lineman. Uh, the Chargers are in a position right now where I think they either need to find a really good backup center on the free agent market, or they need to draft somebody in the early to middle rounds who they feel can step up and replace Corey Lindsley when he eventually moves on. Um, I would rather not use a draft pick on an interior lineman right now. Uh, I mean, full disclosure, I haven't studied the interior lineman yet, but mm -hmm. I feel like they have some, an opportunity to really make themselves better in the early and middle rounds uh, with guys who will get on the field and play. And I would hate to draft an off, a center and have him sit for two or three years behind Lindsley. So I would rather kick the can down the road on this one. I think this is a position where you can afford to do that. And I think Quesenberry is a very easy, um, a very easy plug and play backup center who, you know, can step in and play if Lindsley gets hurt. And it's not like having clap out there, you know, puking all over the field. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think getting a backup center, a, a quality backup center, because uh, Lindsay's getting older, um, injuries have been happening more and more. They they need somebody who can fill in. And I know there's been talk about Zion Johnson eventually moving to center at some point, but that's kind of later anyway. Uh, he's he is the right guard. He's going to be the right guard going into next year. I think getting a veteran center here helps you for a year, maybe two. So that way, once Lindsley starts to break down a little bit, or you're looking to, or his deal starts to wind down and all that, you can then start draft, drafting a center and, and working that out. 
uh, that way. So I'm I'm with you there, and I've I've got a name that I, I'm actually kind of excited about. Um, we we mentioned a bunch of other names, but um, on this list, a guy that like I I've followed a little bit, and uh, I think is just a really underrated center in this league, and it's 49ers center Jake Brendel. Uh, he served as a starter for the 49ers last year, finished the year off strong. Uh, he struggled in the first six weeks or so, but finished the year as one of the better centers in the league. He even got a Pro Bowl alternate spot. Uh, he is 30. He's played with four different teams, including two different teams twice. And he signed a one-year contract for the last four years. So he signed his biggest contract last offseason, which was just over a million dollars. Um, he deserves a pay bump, but because he's over 30, uh, this season, it'll probably be like a year or two. I'm thinking he's in line with the Bradley Bozeman contract last year with the Panthers, which was one year, $2.8 million. It's a bump. Um, and so I'm offering somewhere one year to two, 2.5 million, somewhere in that range. Um, because his season was kind of up and down and struggled early on in the year, um, I don't know that he gets any a lot more than that, but I might throw a second year just because you then have two years of a you know a starting capable center uh, behind Lindsley for two years, and you don't have to really draft one quite yet. So I'm I am there with you. Uh, I think Jake Brendel's a NFL starter who's one of the more underrated free agent linemen in this class. Um, he's he was a staple for the 49ers offensive line going into the playoffs. He's a veteran. Uh, Lindsley's been getting injured. This is an easy, you don't lose much. I mean, obviously, Lindsley, we've talked about how he's one of the more important players on offense, not named Justin Herbert. And when he goes down, the whole offensive line suffers. This is a guy that you could really plug in and not lose too much away from Lindsley with a guy like Jake Brendel. So I've got. Uh, Jake Brendel, a guy that I think I would be really excited about as, as a backup interior lineman, uh, starting caliber safe, uh, center. Excuse me. I like it. I think that's a good one. All right. So we got one more. Uh, it is our last one, and it is quarterback two. Uh, Justin Herbert, obviously the starter. Easton Stick, free agent. Chase Daniel, free agent. Both of which, hopefully, uh, they do not resign either in my mind and they go out and find a quarterback to it, whether it's in the draft or in free agency. Um, but I've got, I've got one that's really, really easy to kind of connect the dots on. Um, and it is the Cowboys backup quarterback, Cooper rush. Um, obviously these are easy dots to connect with Kellen Moore and Cooper rush. Uh, rush showed some promise as a starter. He went four and one, uh, when Dak got injured, uh, the rub here is some team might see Rush as a starter. I I don't know that uh, that any team really will. I, I don't really buy it. I don't see it. But the other thing is is the price range because I think he might be getting somewhere in the four to six million dollar range as a high end backup, kind of a Jacoby Brissett with Cleveland type of deal. I think it's kind of in line with that. Um, I, you know, I, it's, it's easy to make that, uh, that kind of leap. I, I don't know if it's in their price range, but I think it's, it's worth going over with the familiarity of, of Kellamore system, not having to draft a quarterback and all that mess. Um, you know, he probably deserves, uh, two years because the Brissett deal was one year, 4.6 million. 
So he's probably going to need two because he's a younger guy, maybe a two-year $9 million deal. A little pricey, but he's an adequate backup. Uh, you know that he might be able to win you a game or two. He did with the Cowboys last year if Herbert Evers goes down, which is nice. But um, even though the price is a little rich, uh, this was kind of the exercise, and I'd be okay with this move. I think it's just an easy plug-and-play QB2 with uh, Cooper Rush, even if it is a little bit on the kind of expensive side. That's a solid one. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, I came up with a different one. Um kind of scoured the market and the one that I came up with is Gardner Minshew. Um mm-hmm. a easy plug and play backup quarterback, somebody who you know if Herbert gets hurt and can't play for a few games, if he's out for three or four games, he's probably going to win you a couple of them. If mm-hmm. not all of them, he's going to put up some numbers. He's going to move the football. Um, you know, he's going to make his mistakes, but he's a backup quarterback. What do you expect? He can run yeah. around, he can make plays with his legs, makes plays with his arm, gives you a chance. And I think that last part gives you a chance. <laughs> Something you couldn't say about the last two backup quarterbacks. No. And I think if you have Minshew, there is no need to have a third quarterback, which mm-hmm. is something we've been harping on for <laughs> ever. <eight> years. Nine <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. So as long as we've been doing it, yep. And this is somebody that I would um I'd sign for two years, uh, just because I don't want them to be in a position where they have to to, to draft a quarterback for the next couple of years. So I would sign Minshew for two years. I think I'd offer him about $2 million a year, guarantee about half of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe give yourself the opportunity to get out if you need to um, after year one. But I think he's a guy that you could be really comfortable with giving for two years and, um, and not really have to worry about cutting him or him underperforming. If he gets on the field, he's, he's going to make plays and he's going to give you a chance to win. Yep, and something Nathan's bringing up in the comments here, giving your uh, giving your other players a chance in the preseason. We didn't really get to see how these wide receiver in the uh, middle of the depth chart performed because Easton Stick and Chase Daniel just flat out sucked. So to get <laughs> to get a starting caliber quarterback in like a Cooper Rush or a Garden Minshew, it gives your guy get you're able to actually evaluate your receivers and tight ends and running backs because you got a quarterback who could actually get them in the ball. So yes, very good point, Nathan. And that's, I I'm all, I'm all for it. Getting a veteran, uh, backup quarterback. And I'm, I'm good with Minshew too, especially if he's, you know, half the cost as a guy like Cooper rush, who I think is probably going to get a little bit more on the market just because of, you know, the four and one record when Dak went down. Right. All right. Well, uh, so we're good here. Uh, that's it. Thanks for joining us, uh, late on a Tuesday. And uh, we're going to be doing drafts here on out. Uh, We got a bunch of draft nuggets on the uh, Discord. Uh, We'll be dropping those soon. Uh, If you're not part of the Patreon, go join that. Uh, Join the Discord. Kind of gives us a little bit of a a look at their draft board, just a little bit of a peek and some of the positions they might be leaning in the first round and even going into day two and day three. So check that out. We got that on Discord. Uh, We appreciate you guys, and we will see you next time. Yeah, and I would just add to that real quick. Mm -hmm. Keep an eye out for potentially an increase in the amount of content that we're putting out Mm. over the next few months. Okay. Um, And there may be some fun new announcements, podcast-related announcements about networks and changes to the programming and all that kind of stuff so format keep an eye out for that we should be able to to break that news here probably pretty soon 
Yes, good tease, Jamie. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.